Blog Talk Radio. A black man was shot and wounded by a Wisconsin police officer leading to a night of protest. The shooting happened around 5 p.m. when police were called responding to a call about a domestic dispute. The incident was captured on cell phone camera from across the street. The black man later identified himself as Jacob Blake and is seen walking around the front of his SUV with his driver's door open as officers follow him and shout at him with their guns drawn. As the door opens and he leans into the SUV, an officer grabs his shirt from behind and opens fire while Blake has his back turned, shooting him in the back. Seven shots were fired into his back. It is unclear how many uh, uh, shots struck Blake, but Blake was taken to Milwaukee Hospital and is in serious condition. Three officers were placed on administrative leave. This has to stop. Another unarmed black man shot. How about you use a taser and follow police procedures, police officers? I know 99% of the police officers are good. Crowds of protesters faced off with law enforcement and tear gas was used on them. Protesters marched to the uh, county public safety building where they were met by officers in riot gear. This is all Trump's America. A black man was shot and wounded by a Wisconsin police officer leading to a night of protest. The shooting happened around 5 p.m. What bothered me the most is that my child is, well, there's so many things that bother me, but when I walked into that room, you know, he's paralyzed from the waist down. Why do I have that cold steel on my my son's ankle? He, 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 he can't get up. He couldn't get up if he wanted to. So what what was, that's a little overkill to have him shackled to the bed. That just makes no sense to me. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood, coming to you sadly that yet another black man has been killed unarmed. I don't get it. I actually went through police training when I was dating a cop, and they teach you in police training that you do not draw your weapon unless someone draws a weapon and points it at you, and then you fire three shots center mass in their chest because when you pull your weapon, you are, you are wanting to subdue this person and stop them and really kill them is what they teach you. The other thing they teach you is that you are not allowed to use deadly force unless they use deadly force first. What happened to tasers? What happened to following procedure? I'll tell you what happened. Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, oh, by the way, if you bang their head in the door, in the head of the door when you put them in a police car, that's okay. See, Donald Trump has given the police the right to evict to just execute people. Because there's no rules, because the police think they're going to back them up. And defunding the police is a bunch of bullshit. That is not what the Republicans want to do. Today's show, I want to – let's do some housekeeping. is brought to you by the Law Office of Woolridge and Nunn, 972-866-4852. You can also go to warridgeandnunn.com. We are so fortunate to have Almost Warwick with Warwick and Nunn, one of the partners of the law firm. Welcome, Almost. Thank you for having me on again, John. It's always a pleasure to be here. Can you, can you even believe we're here again? I can, and I can for a variety of reasons. I think that you correctly identified that the police departments of America – writ large, are um, emboldened by the um, incitements of violence and the stochastic terrorism of Trump and his cronies. I also think that this was going on, you know, 
I'm thinking back to, uh, for example, Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. This was going on far before Trump was the president, and there are some legal reasons for that, one of them being the doctrine of qualified immunity, which basically makes it extremely, extremely challenging to hold the police liable for excessive force and for um, – for for bad acts, or it's not just the police. It's the same goes for the you know schools and prisons and judges and all state employees have something called qualified immunity, and it makes it incredibly challenging to win a lawsuit against them. But this guy was shot seven times in the back. There, okay. Yes, sir. Let's set the scene here. There's three officers. You can see the video, and you can see it on All You Need to Know Radio's Facebook page. Warning, it is hard to watch because you see this man walking around the SUV. You hear the cops screaming at him, stop, stop. That's still not a reason to draw your guns. When he does not stop, they all three draw their guns. Now, I may be going crazy here, but... Three cops to one guy? Why do you need a gun? You're police trained. You physically should be able to take this guy out. There are certain places you can hit people and take them to the ground. You do not need to execute them because they're not following your instructions. And all these radio hosts like um, Chris... Oh, God, what's his name? I lost his name. He's on WBAP at 8 o'clock. Chris, whatever, I can't think of his name. He's on WBAP and Rick Foster. And they all say they didn't listen to him, so therefore he deserved to get shot. Let me tell you something. You guys are a disgrace to the journalism and to the radio host. Learn the law before you get on there and you try to preach to people what it is. Because I'm telling you right now, that's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. And I think to to talk about the law a little bit, um, you know, police have been used to enforce violence by the government, and we want them to be the only people who can use violence in the right situation. Um, but when they take the role of judge, jury, and executioner in a situation where they clearly did not, and your point is very well taken, John, that they clearly did not have to shoot to kill in this particular situation. And um, it's grossly inappropriate and a massive violation of the spirit of the law for the police to execute people on the streets. The issue, as I went back to, is that the spirit of the law has been twisted, and the law of qualified immunity in its um, detailed case law keeps expanding and expanding and expanding what the police can get away with, um, which, in my opinion, is a huge mistake and needs to be corrected by the legislature. Joe Biden is a lot more likely to do that than Donald Trump. John, I can't Hello? hear you. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I heard my phone say unmuted. Uh, my name's Nathan in Orlando. Nick, this is almost Warrench. I'm muted as well. How are you doing? I can't hear you, John. Yeah, he went. I, I heard him talking, and then. Hey, just go ahead and call right back, you know. Is your show still on?
everybody. So we're back. Let's reconnect. Uh, almost, almost. I don't think that guy really yes, wanted sir. to talk. I don't know what's going on. Okay. So, well, um, where were we? Uh, so what we were talking about is about the law about officers shooting people. Right. So it's qualified immunity, and it's a serious problem. Um, in my opinion, the courts have twisted the original law to make it so challenging for um, an individual or a family who feels as though their civil rights have been violated. It's, it's – I don't want to say impossible because it is not truly impossible, but it's incredibly challenging to bring a legal case against a law enforcement officer or a prison guard or someone like that um, because of the law of qualified immunity. And in my opinion, the right way forward is, is not through additional legal challenges, but rather through a legislative change such that the federal government the Congress and the president can pass a law changing the way we deal with federal with qualified immunity to make it easier for the police to be held accountable or for others, you know, prison guards to be held accountable for um, horrific behavior that should be a violation of the Constitution and the civil rights of individuals. And my point is that Joe Biden and a democratically led legislature is much more likely than Donald Trump and the Republicans to move on this issue. And it's kind of an interesting thing because in the 80s and 90s, Biden was seen as a tough on crime Democrat. But it appears that he has kind of done a bit of an about face on that these days and in general would like to um, change those rules to make it more beneficial for individuals. Yeah, I, I'm. The thing is, is this that, and I know that I'm going to ask you to get into someone's mind. Have you ever worked with a police officer in a lawsuit before? I have. I've taken, um, I'd say, an estimate of about fifty depositions of police officers in my career. So, would you agree that ninety nine point nine percent of them are really good cops? Um, that's a complicated question, John. I'm going to say no, but I'm going to say no, but, and here's what I mean. I think the problem is the police union and police protecting other police who they know are bad. So, you know, people always say, but it's just a few bad apples. It's just a few bad apples. But what does that, what's the complete phrase? A few bad apples spoil the bunch. And my point is that if an individual officer is aware, like the guys who, in going back to the George Floyd murder, there were several accessories who, you know, three other cops besides Officer Chautain who were around the officer when he was kneeling on George Floyd's neck murdering him. And they could have come out and said, this guy committed murder and we tried to stop him. But instead, they circle the wagons and say, you know, he's not a bad cop. He did everything right. And so while I agree that 99.9% of cops don't commit horrible acts of abusive force and abuse in general, the fact is that all, or for the very large part, protect each other and don't report each other when they should, and that's a violation of public trust. So, almost are we are we going to have you for 15 more minutes, or we need to let you go? I'm fine. I can keep going. All right. So we're going to take a break. Is what that music means. When we come back, guys, mm -hmm. you're listening to. All you're listening to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. We are normally heard exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, some breaking news real quick. I almost doesn't even know. 
We are now on iHeartRadio podcast, and we are the number one podcast on iHeartRadio. So don't touch that dial. This is All You Need to Know Radio, brought to you tonight by the Law Office of Woolridge and Nunn, 972-866-4852. As for almost, we'll be right back. Less than two years ago, mortgage rates were between 55 and 6%. Do you know right now mortgage rates are nearly half of that? You can call TexasFunding.com and may be able to drop your mortgage rate in half. Call 972-387-4600 or go online and apply with TexasFunding.com. If you save just 1% on a $240,000 mortgage loan, you may save up to $200 every month in interest. Apply that savings towards your mortgage Pay it off faster. Call TexasFunding.com today, 972-387-4600. We've won the Consumer's Choice Award for the last 13 years. Call right now. Talk with a live person for a free quote, 972-387-4600, TexasLending.com. Over the past four years, I've had the privilege to work closely with our president. Not much gets past him. And when he has an opinion... He's liable to share it. And then I see the disinfectant. I'm not a doctor, but I'm like a person that has a good, you know what. President Trump marshaled the full resources of our federal government from the outset. First of all, governors are supposed to be doing a lot of this work, and they are doing a lot of this work. You know, we're not a shipping clerk. He directed us to forge a seamless partnership with governors across America in both political parties. I say, Mike, don't call the governor of Washington. You're wasting your time with him. Don't call the woman in Michigan. We partnered with private industry to reinvent testing. Get your test, and those results may not come back for seven or eight days. And we have coordinated the delivery of billions of pieces of personal protective equipment. One in 95 masks for the entire ship. And one night recently, uh, there was only one gown on the floor. On November 3rd, you need to ask yourself, no, I don't take responsibility at all. Who do you trust to rebuild this economy? Make America great again. Again. This allergy season, your eyes can feel better. Similison allergy eye drops are made with natural active ingredients, not harsh chemicals. Milisan of Switzerland. Feel good about feeling better. This legacy started over 225 years ago. As our nation grew, the mint grew, extending branches far beyond its Philadelphia roots. Across this country, the mint has cared for our stories, our freedom, and our liberty carefully rendering them into coins to remind this country of who we are. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Explore the collection at catalog.usmint.gov. ...to the birth arrangement is I didn't know flowers could look like this. I'm Brittany Ash. I'm a floral artist and the founder and director of Birch. I use Squarespace as a tool to express what my business is to those who don't get to experience it in person. Squarespace, in a lot of ways, made me an actual business. I think it's the first thing that people look at. Without that platform, it doesn't really seem that legitimate.
right, everybody. Welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. That is the king of metal himself, Ozzy Osbourne, and the queen of pop, Elton John. (laughs) In their number one hit, Ordinary Man, you know, they're both in their 70s, and they got a number one hit with this song. I, I implore you to go and get it. It's so amazing. So, almost, what we were talking about was, so do you think these people are going to, you've dealt with police officers before. What's yes, sir. your opinion broadly? Do police officers always do it wrong, or is, are people no. taking advantage of the legal system? No. So I think that it's a pendulum, right? And there's it's it's completely false to say that, you know, all cops are, you know, pigs or enemies of the, the populace. It's just not true. There's a lot of great fine officers who help people every day from very serious, you know, if you, if you're the victim of a robbery or robbery or a rape or something horrific like that, you you need the cops, and often they do a fantastic job. But there's a pendulum there where you know sometimes the police do a really really terrible job. Um, I read a story this morning where a 92 year old grandmother was injured when she was. Um, uh, forcibly uh, handcuffed for running a stop sign in California, and it's like that that police officer made a very bad decision. He should not have handcuffed a 92-year-old for where for running a stop sign. That shouldn't have happened. Um, similarly, the police that you were describing at the very very top of the show probably shouldn't have shot the guy seven times in the back. Um, that seems like bad policing. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't, the, the stories of good policing don't hit the news as much. That doesn't mean they don't exist. But, you know, we, um, we, I think, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I do think that there is a persistent issue with uh, the police over policing black and brown neighborhoods and getting, getting away with quite literal murder. Um, with of black and brown people primarily. I mean, it happens to white people as well who are murdered by the police, but it's, it seems that most of the time people getting murdered by police happen to be uh, black or Mexican or, or Hispanic, and it's just a shame. I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. In other countries, they also have violent crime, but they have far fewer police-involved killings. And so, you know... It's a it's a fair question to ask if there is a broader problem. You asked me to talk in broad strokes, and I think right. that in broad strokes, yes, there is a broad issue with over policing and um, overuse of deadly force or even non deadly force um, against particularly um, black and Hispanic individuals. So I just want to confirm this because I've dated police officers. Mm-hmm. Isn't it mm-hmm. the law that they cannot draw their weapon for as deadly force unless a weapon is drawn and pointed at them? Oh, John, that's too simplistic. The answer is we. That is not the law. Um, okay. The, each, my understanding is that, and I'm to be clear um, for your listeners. I am not an expert on um, the laws surrounding policing. I know a thing or two, but it's not my day-to-day work. Um, My understanding is that each police department separately sets its own use of force guidelines, and one of the issues is they're often non-published or very, very hard to find, and so – you know, people want to say, well, this is the rule, just like you did. People want to say, you know, this is the law. But in actuality, the law is different, you know, one street over from Garland to Richardson. The law is different. Well, and I definitely wanted to say something that is a law if it's not. So I appreciate you clearing that up, that up for me. 
Yeah. So a couple of things. Did you watch the Republican convention at all? I watched parts of it. I did not watch the whole thing. I found it challenging to watch, to be frank. Because it's so full of lies? Yes. I mean, you, you watched... I, I did watch a good portion. I think I watched about three quarters of Donald Trump's acceptance speech where he accepted the nomination. And it, it we've talked about this before on the show. He, he did what he frequently does, which is the gish gallop or the firehood of falsehood, fire hose of falsehood, where it's like essentially every sentence he says is a lie. And it takes so much more time to go through and disprove all of his lies that once you've finished disproving the first, you know, fact-checking the first or second one, he's on the 25th one. And it's just, you know, they're rewriting history with regards to coronavirus, with regards to the economy. Um, You know, they're trying to say, you know, show images of America under Trump's control and say – this is what's going to happen fault. if Biden wins, and it's, like, ridiculous. Do you think people are buying this? Because just like you just said, everything that Donald Trump got up there and said, Joe Biden even was on Good Morning America, and not in his basement, by the way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, and he said... Every time Donald Trump says all these, how bad everything is, doesn't he realize this is his America? 180,000 people have died on Donald Trump's watch. No one else's watch. And whether he can't take the good credit with the bad credit, the buck stops with the president of the United States. So right. I mean, he always talks quick. about the economy. The GDP fell 33%. In April, that's the largest single drop in one quarter ever. But the the the, the virus, the Trump virus, the Trump virus, mm-hmm. as he called it, the the China virus, over and over and over last night. He talked about Joe mm-hmm. Biden. He named him forty-two times in an hour and a ten-minute speech. That's desperation. <laughs> that's desperation. I'm only going to play two minutes, and I'm not even going to ask you to listen to it because I know you don't want to. Here's question. The Hatch Act. Tell me about Mm -hmm. what that law is. Okay, good question, and that's a pretty simple law, and it says that the federal government's resources should not be used for campaigning. That's – I mean there's more to it, but that's the basic rule, and so when Donald Trump – gives a acceptance speech for a partisan political convention. I mean, the, the Republican National Committee's convention is pretty much the most partisan thing you could do. When he gives an acceptance speech from the White House, that is a blatant violation of the Hatch Act. Similarly, when he um, – when Mike Pompeo gives his speech from uh, his diplomatic mission in Jerusalem – That's also a violation of the Hatch Act. Now, this used to be something that people cared about, that, um, you know, even in Republican administrations, you know, George W. Bush, when he was running for reelection, did not use the White House as a prop. You know, it's, it's inappropriate for a bunch of reasons, and it's literally a violation of the law. But, um, you know, the, the people who would enforce the law at the Department of Justice or in the Senate of the United States have shown them to be toadies of Donald Trump. And so when I say, you know, I often say it's not just Trump the man, it's Trump and all of his GOP enablers. It's because they used to seem to care about this kind of thing, and now they just don't because they've decided they'd rather pledge loyalty to the king than um, actually uphold the laws that they uh, allege they care about so deeply. Exactly. And so is it possible when Joe Biden takes the reins, he could prosecute him for it? It is possible, and I would love to see it happen. I actually think that there's – not that the Hatch Act 
is not serious because it actually is a pretty serious issue. But it's kind of like the Gish Gallup, what we were talking about. There are so many crimes, you almost feel like you have to pick and choose. Um, I would, I'm much, much more concerned about Paul Manafort providing polling data to Konstantin Klimnik, a Russian spy, than I am about Donald Trump speaking at the RNC from the White House. As a substantive matter, treason is more important than a hatchback violation. So I'm more interested in a Biden administration trying to really get to the bottom of what happened and follow the money and the finances underlying the chickenry with the 2016 um, election, and it, it appears to be also happening in the 2020 election, where mm-hmm. Russia appears to be um, supporting nope. and or blackmailing Donald Trump. And the funny thing like, is I, – I want them to prosecute the hashtag violation too. I just – I think there's other matters that are more important. So did you hear that the Fifth Circuit of Appeals Court denied Donald Trump's emergency motion to hold off on the subpoena for his financial records? I did, and I'm interested to see what the next move will be because I wouldn't be surprised if they petitioned the Supreme Court of the United States for an emergency oh, stay and Rob- – and I, I don't know if it's been granted yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if Roberts issued a say like he's been doing. We actually talked about this about three weeks ago where um, the the Supreme Court of the United States used to be – it used to be this very rare thing where they would be petitioned for an emergency stay and they would grant an emergency stay. It used to basically never happen or you know happen once or twice in a year. And it's happened something like 20 times in the last year because federal judges keep saying Donald Trump's policies are unconstitutional, but then um, the Supreme Court does not enforce the injunctions. So we have continued policies like um, the uh, remain in Mexico policy at the border. that have been ruled to be unconstitutional by a federal court, but are happening anyway because of the Supreme Court's stay. In my opinion, it's an inappropriate use of the Supreme Court's docket, and it's kind of a shadow docket. Um, and the Solicitor General of the United States should probably be impeached for it. But um, that's kind so of a you, very technical issue. Are you saying that the ruling that the court said that the kids had to not be caged and no one else could be caged, that's not being enforced? No, that actually is being enforced. Uh, the Supreme Court was petitioned to say that ruling, but um, uh, they denied that one. But uh, there's another immigration policy it's called the Remain in Mexico policy, where they basically destroy the asylum. So what is asylum? I'm not an immigration expert, but my understanding is that asylum is a person who fears for their health and safety in their home country can appear at a, um, an asylum country like the United States and say, I want asylum. And then they're supposed to be admitted to the country of America and then wait for a hearing on whether their asylum claim is valid. But what's happening right now is um, we've essentially stopped that. Trump has ended the uh, Department of Homeland Security and Customs and Border Patrol have essentially stopped that. And now there's hundreds of like Honduran and Salvadoran immigrants who are waiting in um, refugee camps on the border between Texas and Mexico because rather than waiting for asylum in America, they're waiting for asylum in Mexico, and the Supreme Court and a federal court in California said that was unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court of the United States stayed the injunction pending appeal, so the policy is moving forward, and we actually have huge refugee camps on the Mexican-American border, but uh, even though it's been ruled to be unconstitutional by a federal court. So it's not the the caging children. It's a similar gross violation of immigration policy. Well, I would love to hold you over and let you hear Donald Trump's (laughs) biological sister. That is a federal – she's a former federal judge, so her credibility is stellar. But I'll just send him Mm -hmm. to you in an email. 
They're incredible. Very good. So if you can Very give good. your closing argument, my friend, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So my closing argument is a little bit different from what it's been the last couple of weeks. The last month or so, I've been telling people to vote, and I'm telling people to vote again. But this time, I want people to read. And what I want people to read is the Senate Intelligence Report. The Senate Intelligence Report is kind of like the Mueller report, but it instead, um, but instead it uh, goes into even more detail about the reasons why Donald Trump committed treason and is likely being blackmailed by Russia. It's a thousand pages. It's kind of hard to read, but please read the summaries. It's amazing. And with that, I'll bid you adieu. Thank you so much, Almost. You're wonderful and awesome as always. That was Almost, a partner of the law office of Woolridge and Nunn, which is the law firm that is uh, sponsoring our show tonight. If you have any legal problems, guys, we've got them a couple of people sent over there, but I want to see more. I know there's legal problems out there. 972-866-4852. Ask for Almost or Hunter, and they'll take good care of you. Coming up on the show, can't wait for you to hear it. We've been waiting for the last few days. Donald Trump's biological sister doesn't really think very highly of her brother, and she lets it be she she lets it be known. This is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio, our number one worldwide show in our time slot. Thank you so much. Once again, we are now on iTunes the number one podcast. This is Play It Again by Luke Bryan. Don't touch that dial. Hey everybody, how's everybody doing out there tonight? Are you ready to end your debt forever? Are you tired of paying credit card payments every single month and all you seem to be doing is getting the interest paid and not lowering your actual balance? And you've thought to yourself, why am I in this mess? Let me tell you something right now. It is a situation that is happening with millions of Americans and their families and it's very sad the government has not stepped in to do anything. Guess what? We are ready to help you. There is a company that is a new uh, sponsor out there called American Negotiators. And let me tell you, are you ready to get out of debt? They say if you've been told there's nothing you can do, listen very closely because I'm about to tell you the truth and your family. Major credit card companies don't want you to know the truth And the truth is, you can actually settle your debt for less than what you owe. And yes, they will not go out of business because they lose a little bit of money. And the other families are able to go on with their lives and feel confident that they actually paid their bills. Pick your phone up right now and call 972-764-3120. Let American negotiators go to work for you today with years of experience. Let them show you a better way to end your debt permanently. They've got over 30 years of proven experience with the president and CEO in the credit and debt industry, and they are ready to go to work for you right now. As an added treat, and because you heard it on All You Need to Know Radio, call 972-764-3120. That is 972-764-3120. And listen up, guys. Everybody that calls right now for the next five minutes, you will get 50% off their amazing debt negotiation services. Go to your phones and call them right now. American Negotiators is the only name you need to know to get out of debt. American Negotiators, ending America's debt one debt at a time. 972-764-3120. Touching my skin and asking you to do what you've been doing all over again. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Don't 
everybody that is tim mcgraw's super super country music superstar tim mcgraw with his super country music star wife tim mcgraw tim mcgraw and faith hill excuse me it's called it's your love it was one of their biggest hits and so now is everybody ready are you ready guys are you sure well we're going to start this off first is we're going to let you hear Donald Trump's, uh, as much as I can take, we're only going to listen to about three minutes, and this is the highlights of last night. So get ready. Here we go. I profoundly accept this nomination for President of the United States. Joe Biden's agenda is made in China. My agenda is made in the USA. This is the most important election in the history of our country. There has never been such a difference between two parties or two individuals in ideology, philosophy, or vision than there is right now. Our opponents believe that America is a depraved nation. We want our sons and daughters to know the truth. America is the greatest and most exceptional nation in the history of the world. For 47 years, Joe Biden took the donations of blue-collar workers, gave them hugs and even kisses. And I say very modestly that I have done more for the African-American community than any president since Abraham Lincoln, our first Republican president. By the end of my first term, we will have approved more than 300 federal judges, including two great new Supreme Court justices. America will land the first woman on the moon And the United States will be the first nation to plant its beautiful flag on Mars. Joe Biden may claim he is an ally of the light. But when it comes to his agenda, Biden wants to keep us completely in the dark. He doesn't have a clue. guys so what do you think of what donald trump said were you impressed i sure wasn't <laughs> takes a lot to impress me and donald trump is not something that it, that that does to me at all and it's really sad because it really gives me no pleasure to say anything bad about my president but just what it is. I mean, and you can't do anything about it. Except, except part of it. And it, it, it's really a shame. I would hate for any of my brothers or sisters to be talking about me. Would you? I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it at all. But, you know, Donald Trump is a special kind of guy. He really does not care about people, and his sister knows that very much. And he makes her work with it. So we are uh, 
ready. So, what kind of things do you think Donald Trump's sister said about her brother? You think he's nice? No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you right now, she's not nice about it. And she's a former federal judge. So that's why it, she has no credibility issue whatsoever. And that's also why you have not heard very much flat from the White House about it. Because how can you decline a federal judge? That's where she is. And she just speaking the truth of what she feels about her brother. Um, everybody has siblings. It seems like everybody that knows this president doesn't like him. They never liked him. And for me, I think it's kind of sad. But the thing is, is that we, because this election is not in the bag by any means. You know, last night during the convention of the GOP, you did not hear anything about the coronavirus. It said that maybe there's going to be a vaccine. And Donald Trump waited until Dr. Falky was in surgery before he made the changes. He basically threatened the FDA by calling them enemies, not enemies of the state, the big states, whatever one of those racist statements he makes. But here's the first thing Donald Trump's wife or his biological blood sister says, here you go. Why is that not playing? Oh, okay. So that, that's not it. Guys, uh, let's do some music to listen to. Here's one of my best friends in the world. And I love this song. Hard Half Empty. We'll be right back. Okay, guys. This is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. And I wanted to give you guys a special treat. Um, one of my really good friends and six.
buyers can browse through millions of images uploaded by living, breathing artists from all over the world. Each image can be purchased as a framed print, stretched canvas, acrylic print, greeting card, and more. Pixels.com prints and assembles your order and delivers a museum-quality masterpiece right to your doorstep. Your order arrives ready to hang and includes a 30-day money-back guarantee. There is simply no safer, faster, easier way to buy and sell artwork online. The world's greatest living artists and photographers. Pixels.com In Minneapolis this morning. Good morning. Good morning. I want to start with the question of the GDP numbers. They were awful in the last quarter. What did you see inside of those numbers? Well, the thing that surprised me the most economically, we knew the GDP would be very low with 20 million Americans still out of work. You know, the economy is reeling. There's one bright spot that I saw, though. The U.S. personal savings rate has taken off. Before the crisis, it was around 8%. Now it's around 20%. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Those of us who are fortunate enough to still have our jobs, we're saving a lot more money because we're not going to restaurants or movie theaters or vacations. That actually means we have a lot more resources as a country to support those who've been laid off. And so while historically we would worry about racking up too much debt, we're generating this savings ourselves. That means Congress has the resources to support those who are most hurting. So one of the things that Republicans have brought up when they talk about this aid bill, and particularly the size of, un of the unemployment benefit, is that it's putting too much strain uh, on the deficit. And so is your point that the, that the private savings is a cushion against that strain? That's the first part of the question. The second part is, but won't racking up uh, debt ultimately be something we have to deal with in the long term? Well, right now we're generating so much more savings than we have before. It's simply not an issue because we're not having to go abroad to fund these extra, the extra money for the CARES Act or whatever is to come. So that provides a lot of relief right now. And if you look over the long term, our inflation has been very low. Inflation continues to be low. Inflation expectations continue to drift lower. Right now, the U.S. can fund itself at very, very low rates. Congress should use this opportunity to support the American people and the American economy. I'm not worried about it. We, if we get the economy growing, we will be able to pay off the debt. Let me say, inside of this bill, they're debating on the $600 unemployment, weekly unemployment help. One of the Republican arguments is that at $600, there's some number of workers who are getting paid more than they would in a job, and therefore they're staying at home. Do you see any evidence in the data that supports public policy based on that idea? Well, not right now. Not when 20 million people are out of work relative to February. There's just so many fewer jobs than there are workers available. At some point, it'll be an issue. When we get the unemployment rate eventually back down to 5% and we want to get it back down to 4% or 3.5% where it was before, yes, that disincentive to work becomes material. But right now, it's simply not a factor in the macro economy that we have in the U.S. because we have so many millions of Americans out of work. What is your view about the path back to economic health? We, there have been halting efforts to reopen uh, and to get the economy going again. Are they going to continue being halting until there is a vaccine? When does robust behavior come back? And what is the central, how are people behaving when it does get more robust? Everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. Um, so we are going to continue to play these. Real quick, we're going to do our song pick of the week. Our song pick of the week is by one of the most incredible artists, I think, on this planet. I think he's 17 years old. Her name is Billie Eilish, and her and her brother sing and write music together, and her album won every award that you could win. 
So I'm not really sure how she trumps that. But we're going to see. But Billie Eilish is like nobody I've ever seen in music. Uh, but she just released this new song on Pick of the Week. Billie Eilish, I'm in love with my future. Take a listen. That's what we have so far for you right now. We will have more that we'll probably 
either post on the website or something we'll do with that. Because I want to make sure that you hear the whole story. Because it's important to give both sides. Even though I don't have to, uh, Donald Trump is not fair to anyone in his life. I'm sorry. That's not me. I have to be nice to everybody. So, this song is pink. But we're going to leave you with this song. Because it's a, it's a little upbeat song. And uh, I'm a huge fan of her, especially because of my ex. But this is Waiting for the Night by Jennifer Lopez, mega icon superstar. And that's, with that, we are out of time. Tonight's show is brought to you by Warwardgen 972 866 Remember, take care of your and wear a mask if you go outside. This is John Hollywood, your host, live from Dallas, Texas, tonight. Nice.